Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome to the Star Wars Stuff podcast. Today is May the 5th. Revenge of the Fifth, as us Star Wars fans, we were too selfish. We actually have two Star Wars days. Uh, we couldn't, we weren't satisfied with just the fourth. And we were going to do a podcast yesterday. We had said we were going to do one, but something came up pretty big. And I'll let David kind of explain what happened. Yeah, uh, something suddenly came up. <laughs> so yeah, I um, I purchased a uh, Tide Pilot, a New Hope uniform, and uh, out of the blue, UPS sent me a delivery email and. They said it was going to be delivered on the 3rd, and then I think on the 1st, they said, no, it's going to be delivered on the 4th, which I was like, well, the universe is smiling on me here. I mean, that's <laughs> Star Wars Day. How perfect is that? So, yeah, I, I waited all day thinking that I was going to get it maybe early morning because I got an email saying that my suit was in the truck, in my neighborhood, in the surrounding area, and it ended up not arriving till 7 o'clock at night. So I spent the whole day just waiting messaging back and forth with James because we were going to do a podcast May the 4th, but uh, he was very understanding and uh, yeah, finally I, came. And I told him, I said, you know what, if it were me, and I would have done the exact same thing. I would have waited for the package to get there because it's a big deal. And he sent, he posted pictures. He's got, you're going to post it on Instagram, the Instagram pictures? Yeah, yeah. Um, he'll post the pictures. and he, It's a TIE fighter outfit. It looks amazing. It looks really, really cool. So yesterday was May the 4th. And it was pretty cool to see, like, go on Facebook, and a lot of a lot of people were, were celebrating it, and a lot of businesses as well were also like kind of utilizing. I got like messages from Favor, like talking about May the Fourth yeah, and yeah. all this other stuff, and uh, no announcement for celebration was done oh, yesterday. That's a bummer. Everybody was kind of just waiting, but something did happen yesterday that we we they didn't even announce it was going to happen. The tickets went on sale yesterday. Yeah, and I should have known better, but. Luckily, you stayed up. I went to bed early. You stayed up, and the tickets went on sale at 11.01 p.m. Central Time, which is... No, no, it was 12.01. Oh, it was 12.01 hour time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because uh, somebody... Because I'm on that Facebook page of Star Wars. So when on sale, uh, 101 a.m. Eastern? Eastern. No, no. That's weird. I think... I don't... All I know is somebody from like New York had posted they already had the tickets. Okay. And um I was like, okay, so let me just look and then sure enough I woke up at twelve oh one and that's when I started getting the notifications like, hey, the tickets are on sale, tickets are on sale, get your tickets. And I was very fortunate enough to to get the tickets for David and myself and a few of us and my wife and it was like, oh, that was that was kind of easy. Then Alamo Draft House, which is pretty big down here in Texas, sent me an email saying, Hey, if uh, if you go online, you may have to wait into a virtual line to get your tickets. And I was like, cool. I just bypassed all of that. So I was able just to go to sleep after I bought the tickets. And then David calls me like at 645 
in the morning. <laughs> and then he goes, the tickets went on sale. Did, did you get them? Did you? I was like, I got them. What? And so I was like, yeah, we're good. We're good. So it was a pretty big surprise. But I was just really shocked that Lucasfilm didn't even announce it. Like, I didn't see anywhere, like, on Star Wars, like, Facebook, Star Wars, Instagram. Nobody really said anything about it. It just They just went on sale. Yeah, hindsight, I'm not really shocked about it because this has happened before with another movie. It might have been Rogue One mm. where they didn't really announce it. And I was just on the internet and tickets just went on sale because the whole, like, huge, like, I guess snafu maybe with The Force Awakens. Yeah. People were complaining because you got, got in the virtual line and you waited for, like, 30 to 40 minutes. And <laughs> those ticket sales were huge. But, yeah, I got in a virtual line. I clicked on the button at 645 when I woke up. And it took me straight to buying the tickets. I, it wasn't really a wait. They just nice. kind of had those precautions, I think. Mm-hmm. Every every major ticketing site like Fandango and, of course, Alamo Drafthouse have revamped their servers to, to make it so that and multiple people. And I think The Force Awakens Force was Awakens the event did, yep. that caused all that to happen. Did, did I, ever t- I never told you my story about how I got Force Awakens tickets. Uh, so I knew they were coming out in October of 2015 that year like that that day they said we're going to show the trailer they were going to release the tickets and then i i was like all right i'm going to go down to san antonio because that's where i was going to watch it i'm going to wait there in the theater for the tickets to go on sale so i got there like at 6 45 p.m and i kind of in my head figured okay they're not going to go on sale to like 8 8 15 because they're going to show the trailer then they're going to release the tickets like that's what they were telling everybody and so I'm sitting there waiting. Seven o'clock, my brother John sends me a he calls me up and says, James, the tickets are on sale right now at seven. Go get the tickets. And I was like, What? So I walked up to the box office and I used to work there, so I knew the manager. I was like, Hey, Gilbert, are uh, are the Star Wars tickets on sale? There was nobody there. It was just it was a Thursday or it was a Tuesday. There was nobody there in the in the theater. It was a Tuesday night. And he looks at the computer, he goes, yeah, they just went on sale. And I was like, all right, can I get 19 tickets? Because I took, I took my whole family to watch it. I was like, yeah, can I get 19 tickets? He goes, yeah, sure. Rang it up, printed out the tickets, have a good one. I was like, cool. And I walked out, and that was it. That was, there was, I didn't have to wait in line or anything. I get home, I'm wa- and then I go online, and sure enough, I start seeing all the stories. Fandango crashed, Alamo Drafthouse, right. I didn't even right. stand a chance. Yeah. And everybody was waiting for these tickets. And one of my friends said he stayed up until like 2 a.m., trying to get the tickets, refreshing the page, refreshing right, the page. Right, right. And I'm just sitting back at home eating, you know, like, ah, okay. so <laughs> Yeah, and that exactly was the big life hack there. If you just walked to the theater, mm-hmm. you could have gotten tickets right away instead yep. of waiting online in that virtual queue. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people did that, and that was very smart. I know one of my buddies did it. Some podcasters I know did it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that was that was, that was kind of a cool thing to do, and it's kind of unique in, in this day and age of technology. No one wants to leave the house to go get the tickets. Exactly. But, but for Star Wars, just drive, yeah. Star Wars you, you have to. We did that for Last Jedi. It was a little bit of a mix-up there when we did Last Jedi. It wasn't as easy, but it was still a lot easier than having to go and like, wait on, wait, yeah, you know, yeah, on the computer. Yeah. But, yeah, so the solo tickets came out. I got them. We're going the 24th at 7, and you will be sure to hear us. Uh, our reaction from it, like, right away. Yeah, yeah and, definitely. Uh, so what else happened uh, yesterday? Well, today, uh, I just want to touch on it. Today is actually a bigger day than yesterday, May the 4th. Why is that? Because, of course, today's Revenge of the 5th. It's also Cinco de Mayo. And it's also Free Comic Book Day. Where? Everywhere. Really? Free Comic yeah. Book Day? Yeah. You, I, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, go to comic book store. They'll give you a free comic book. 
All right, everybody. If you're not listening to us, I'm pretty sure you're at the comic book store right now getting. <laughs> or maybe comics. you're in the comic or book maybe, store yeah, listening yeah, to us. Yeah, that'd be and pretty. you're like, "What? James, how does James not know this?" <laughs> I know. But yeah, this has been a tradition for several years. Now. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty. Great. And I've kind of failed to like actually go to a comic book store and actually do it. I always say I'm going to do it, but something always comes up. Mm-hmm. I just came from a from a band uh, performance for my daughter. That's so. Cool. And the cool thing is, they actually played a Star Wars song. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's I great. recorded it. So, yeah. Speaking of Star Wars music, they uh, Disney released. Episodes one through six, uh, the score remastered, and I've been listening to some of it, and it sounds really great. Yeah, I know. I saw your Instagram. It sounds really, really amazing. Um, So if you go on, if you have Apple Music or Spotify or wherever, uh, go look up uh, all the Star Wars um, albums, and they're all there. They're all the one through six, and they're all digitally remastered, audio remastered, and they sound crisp. They sound really, really great. Right. There's a few little tweaks too. I heard, uh, especially with episode one, there's a few songs that I was like, oh, I don't remember that sound being there, but now it's there. So yeah, if you're into the music like I am, go ahead and go check it out. Which brings us to, they released some footage yesterday of Solo, and we got to hear John Williams' original score, it sounds like the Empire Strikes Back theme going to the asteroid field, and then you hear John Powell's music also get intertwined in there to play the theme, and the clip, the clip was pretty cool. It's a, it's a cool moment, which is a, it's a moment. Honestly, I wish they hadn't showed us. Like we all knew it was going to be in the movie, but I wish they kind of would have held that one back just a little bit more. Well, I think it's all marketing Mm -hmm. for that for that spot that they released because. I think Lucasfilm felt like they should do another little surge of like trying to draw on the general fan because the general fan is really is what's going to make the box office just like Infinity War. But Infinity War was way more kind of established for the younger audience, yeah. I think. And of course, you want to bring in the older people, the older generation. Mm-hmm. And of course, there are of course like '90s and millennial kids that are really into Star Wars. But I think that. That spot was really for the general audiences, and Ron Howard was on GMA in the morning. And I was telling you earlier, he did. They didn't show a clip, and I'm guessing it was a Fandango clip. They maybe showed in other markets and not ours, mm-hmm. because I heard other podcasts talk about the clip and Ron Howard, and I never saw a clip, <laughs> so I was kind of uh, like, "What?" But I'm pretty sure it was the Fandango mm-hmm. clip that you that you posted on Facebook, and it was pretty cool. One of my friends, he he had he was like, "It doesn't look that great." And I was like, I, I, I can see. But, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But for me, I was yeah. like, this is pretty exciting. This is pretty. Right. But and then plus, like, the way Amelia Clark's character is. It was, I think it was mostly her, the way she kind of delivered her lines there. I was like, okay, maybe that's her character. Because she sounds really bored. Like, she just sounds kind of like, you're definitely right. Uh, so it felt, for me, for really? a second, I, I it felt like she was out of place. And I'm, and I'm a little nervous. Maybe that's what maybe that's what's gonna happen with her. Maybe we're gonna be like, oh, Amelia Clark is in here, cool. Then we watched movie, we're gonna be like, why was she in that movie? And so, but I hope yeah. it was just the scene itself. And there's a, there's of course it's just like I said, it was only like thirty seconds of a spot they showed us of the movie. Yeah. So I'm thinking there's probably gonna be like more like context of what was happening in that scene. It looks pretty exciting though. Looks yeah. really really exciting. Yeah, not so, to be negative or anything, but I did hear, and of course this is kind of a fact, but. Every film that Amelia Clark has done has not been a hit. <laughs> so that's not um, good, but I think it's going to change with Solo. I mean, because they just reported last night and this morning, it's kind of everywhere now, that the Solo ticket sales, the pre-sales have doubled the amount that Black Panther got. And at the time, Black Panther was like the fastest, had the record so, yeah. for, for the most, and then Infinity War toppled that. But yeah, I mean, projections, early projections are $170 million dollars. And now with these pre-sales, 
it feels like it's going to make 200, closer to two hundred million, which is big. Because a lot, I, I think a lot of people weren't really expecting that to happen with Solo. I think a lot of people were kind of expecting Solo just to be a regular blockbuster, you know, type of movie. But it, the way it's sounding, it's sounding like it might actually do really well. Like might make a lot of money. Yeah, and then it's coming out Memorial Day weekend, which is huge yes. for movies. It's huge for families. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to end up at the theater, going to want to see Star Wars. Mm-hmm. They're just going to mention, hey, you're going to be in a family setting, a barbecue, whatever. You want to go see Star Wars? Yeah, because it's a family movie. Yeah, plus, let's go. And plus, Infinity Wars will already kind of reign. Infinity Wars, is, I think about two more weeks now, it's probably just got to it's gonna level out. Yeah. Because right now it's growing. Like It, it passed a billion dollars right. this week. Um, so I think it's going to level out. I think it's going to kind of start to die down, which will be perfect for Solo now when Solo right. comes out that week. And the other so, competition would be Deadpool, but then that's rated that's R, right. and Arsenal families aren't going to want to go to that. So, And, I mean, it's Star Wars. I mean, yep. families are attracted to Star Wars. Which is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna, like I said, we're going to be there. We are going to watch Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of the rating, they finally announced uh, it's going to be PG-13. Right, which is um, a, now, kind of a no-brainer. Now it's, now it's yeah. common. You know, I was thinking the other day, the first Star Wars, you know, Star Wars back in 77, it was kind of violent, if you really think about it. It was, it was a little violent there. You see the guy's arm get sliced off. You see Uncle Ben there, like, Dead. Sorry, spoiler. We should have done an alert for spoiler alert there. But you know, and like you see, there's skeletons, and it's just like, oh my gosh. Even like when I was younger, I was kind of like, well, this is kind of, um, this is kind of dark for for a PG movie. But PG thirteen wasn't a rating back then yet. I think Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and Little Doom, kind of created that rating right at right. that point. So it was PG, and there was a lot of like kind of dark stuff there in that first one. But now with the PG thirteen rating, and since Revenge of the Sith, every Star Wars movie has been. PG-13, so it's a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah, when I was a little kid, I would watch it, of course, on the VHS, and of course, that's like very, very bad standard definition. Yeah. So I couldn't even see like the bodies on the ground. I would always look at that scene, and I would ask like my parents, or my brothers, mm-hmm. or my cousins, whoever was there, can you see anything? What's <laughs> going on there? Are there bodies? I mean, it kind of looks like a body. And and then with the special edition, I think he actually, um, for that scene, I think he zoomed in a little bit more for the Ooh. special edition. Um, back in 1977. Oh, and somebody yesterday, I know it was Star Wars Day, somebody posted the original VHS, like, um, release when they were announcing the special edition, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, commercials. Yeah. And I was really nostalgic for me. I was like, oh, man, I feel like a kid again watching that going, oh, they're going to release the Star Wars movies again. <laughs> so <laughs> that, was, that was pretty cool. So uh, what, else, uh, what else happened? Well, to go back to that, when I first was aware that the special editions were coming out in 1997, I was at the Walnut Six Theater in New Braunfels, mm-hmm. and I think uh, my brother and I were about to watch, of all movies, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> A night, okay, yeah, uh, sounds about right. Yeah. So, so yeah, there the, the the trailers start, and then you see like a TV screen yeah. in the middle, and you see the X wing. And then you had the, the the voiceover guy talk about, you've never seen Star Wars this way. If you've only seen it this way, you've never seen it this yeah. way. And then the X-Wing flies at you on the TV, and then it just expands, and you're like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome! I was like, yes! That was such a cool way to promote it. We yeah, all yeah. got excited. We all went, I saw, I went to go watch them all in the theater again, yeah. and it was really, really cool to see yeah. it again. And, yeah, Star Wars stuff were pretty great. <laughs> what else happened? Uh, anything else happened? Well, like I said, Ron Howard was on GMA yesterday, and he was also on the Colbert Report. Mm-hmm. And he talked to Stephen Colbert a little bit about the uh, set visit that George Lucas had. Mm. And I, I think it's already been out there in print, but uh, he talked about how he was directing and how George, like, 
of course, Ron Howard's a Lucasfilm alumni with American Graffiti and Willow, and they're friends. And uh, George was kind of quiet and reserved, but there was one scene where he kind of leaned over to Ron Howard and said, um, uh, you know what I would do at this scene? And he kind of whispered in uh, Ron Howard's ear, and Ron Howard, after the take was over, he said, okay, guys, we're going to do this instead. <laughs> oh, so he... And, and, and yeah, because George Lucas had one suggestion, and I think that was released... Uh, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. maybe even a month ago, that George had input on one specific scene. And Ron Howard said that George Lucas told him a joke or something. So I don't know if it's a joke that's in the film or what exactly. But, yeah, George is there. He took pictures. And he kind of hung out. And there's there's video of him playing on the, on the uh, hollow chest table. Yeah, yeah, I've table. seen that picture. Yeah, and it looks like he's almost playing like, like um, what's it called? Um Foosball. foosball, foosball, yeah, okay. foosball. It almost looks like he's at a foosball table, <laughs> like he's like trying to wreck the wreck the hollow chest. I don't know what he's doing, but yeah, I thought that was very interesting. I want to hear what he says about it. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not going to say anything until the movie comes out. You know, yeah. but I want to hear what what he has to say about, about his this quote movie. for the Last Jedi was very very ambiguous. What did he say? He someone asked him, "How did you like the film, George?" And he said something. I'm paraphrasing here. Or maybe I'm going to get it exactly right. But his response was, it's very interesting. Mm. Something along those lines. And I was like, Ugh, uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, that, that was really interesting. Or that was a really interesting movie. So we'll never. Yeah. And there was rumors that came out this week about the about Kathleen Kennedy. But it was just rumors. We don't know. the. Yeah. Full I mean, there's yet. always rumors. There's always going to be talk, certain talk about different things. But. Mm. After the uh, the pre sales for the solo tickets, uh, I, I don't think uh, I don't think that pro- that's gonna be a problem. There, I don't think there is uh, like any any kind of just worrying on on the part of Disney or, mm-hmm. or anyone there in, uh, in regards to the franchise because it, it, it's it's a, it's a weird thing because we do want nostalgia but we want something new at the same time, mm-hmm. and I think Solo is gonna give that to us. Okay, and I just don't. I just I never saw in the beginning that people were so like not on board with Solo. Because I, I don't know what people kind of thought initially, but, it, it I mean, to me, I mean, you can bring in characters we all know and love, Chewbacca, Han Solo, and Lando, and then you have the Falcon, which is, people say that, I mean, that's another character in Star Wars, just mm-hmm. like the music, the Falcon, I mean, it's huge. And, I mean, it's a different interior. We could see something old but something new. Yeah. So I think that really kind of, like, like really goes at that aspect that I mean we want to we want to get something new and then of course you have the haters talking about well <laughs> yeah, they're going to give us the same old thing again but I mean those same people saw The Last Jedi and didn't like The Last Jedi because it was so different and it's like you can't really satisfy everyone but then again you look at it well the old trilogy seemed like it satisfied everyone but then again it wasn't the age of the internet where you had all the trolls yeah so. true it's just one of those weird catch twenty two type of situations, and of course, that's I think with everything. I mean, you're not going to satisfy everyone. Everyone's not going to love any like everything you do. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of almost impossible. I mean, you look at like Pixar, and Pixar had a run where everyone loved all their movies, and then I think they started making a couple that people didn't love so much. And you kind of had like the the John Lasseter thing go down, and then you mm-hmm. got Marvel with live action. And it seemed like they did Iron Man 3 and Thor The Dark World, and people didn't love those so much. Mm-hmm. And I think those were the most, like, the, like the, the critically, least, yeah. yeah, least critically acclaimed films. 
But then you have that story that I saw on YouTube that I put on the, the Facebook page about how Robert Downey Jr. was in an interview and they asked him, well, how, how is Marvel doing this? How, how, do, how did they string along all these successful films? And he basically said, we listen to the fans. We, uh, whatever the fans said to do, we listened and we made maybe, I wouldn't say mistakes, but I mean, we kind of veered off the path that the fans wanted us to go and then they told us and then we went, we got back on. Okay. I mean, do you think that's a good idea or do you think that's, I mean, it's, it's obviously worked for Marvel. I mean, Marvel, I mean, the, the, this movie, Infinity War, has just, you know, made a billion, over a billion dollars already. So it's like, is that the way to go? You know what I mean? Or do you do what Ryan Johnson did where he didn't really listen to the fans and he made his movie? He made what he felt was appropriate for the story. Okay, here we go again. If I was running oh, this film, here we go, here we go, here we go. I would run it essentially the same way that Marvel's doing it. I would have someone with the business savvy and that was a super fan and understands Star Wars as a whole and understands what it is because Marvel's shown it has its own formula, it has its own wheelhouse. I mean, you make jokes, you have great action, you get the best talent possible. Which they, yeah, they have a great yeah. cast in those, yeah. all those movies. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, who would it, right now, it, it seems like a no-brainer, but back in 2008 when Robert Downey Jr. was Iron Man, I knew about Robert Downey Jr. personally because I knew he was a great actor and I followed film and I knew he was Academy Award level talent, but of course he had his yeah. run-ins with the law, his yep. reputation, and John Favreau really championed him, mm-hmm. who's now part of Star Wars. And who has a great eye, I think. And Iron Man became what it became. And I saw that movie personally three times. Yeah. And I could sense it. I could really sense. There are certain films in my life I could sense. Like, people don't. The the, the general public don't see. I, I don't know if it's the case. But it feels like sometimes they don't see certain things. And just, I think because I'm so, like, knee deep armpit deep in, yeah. in film <laughs> and I, it, it just felt like man this thing is going to be huge and with all the jokes and all the quips that they had in the trailers and commercials I just felt like it was going to be a great film and I had no idea that Marvel Studios was something of its own yeah. I, I, I didn't even know at the time that it was its own entity and I didn't even know I saw the film three times and I didn't even know about the after credits thing <laughs> I mean, it's crazy, right? Yeah, just a little bit now. And then I saw it later on the internet, and I was like, oh, crap, I should have stayed. But that was the very first film. And and so since then, they've, they've made it work. They've, they've improved yeah. on it. They've, they've done you know, a couple of bad ones, but a really, really great right. movies. And But so it's worked for them to listen to the fans. So do you think Kathleen Kennedy should do the same thing? Most right definitely. when you say listen to the fans in general, it's it's not like you listen. I mean, you gotta you gotta you gotta make sure you're listening to the right fans. Yeah, true, true. I true, mean, true. there there is a certain with Star Wars. I mean, there's so many people, there's so many podcasts, there's there's so much media, there's so many websites, and there's a lot of intelligence out there. And it, it feels like to me, if if they just listen to the right people, I think they can they can really stay on on the perfect path. And I'm not really familiar with Benioff and Weiss, but of course what they're doing with Game of Thrones is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 all-time great. Yes. So 
Kathleen Kennedy has a has a really great eye for talent, mm-hmm. but it, it's I mean, her counterpart at Marvel, Kevin Feige, he was a super fan from the beginning. Yeah, you know, and he's he's been there the whole time, the whole time. And who is that at Lucasfilm? Pablo, probably Dave Filoni. Dave, oh, he's been there the longest. So you think Dave should take over for Kathleen? Kennedy. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying the way that Marvel is doing it. I mean, I mean, you 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 cannot argue with it. Oh yeah, you no. cannot argue. The biggest opening of all time. They've beaten Star Wars. Yep. And I think they've been the most profitable with their films. Oh yeah. And they have 19 films. They have 19. Think about it. That's a lot. Marvel has 19 films. Star Wars has what? What now we're gonna have 10? 10 films. Yeah. Over 40 years? Yeah. 41 years? Yeah, true, true, true. And Marvel has 19 over 10 years. That's insane. Yeah, that that's it's just remarkable. I mean, it, it's incredible. But, you know, you always... There's, there's fan service, and then there's telling the story that's necessary, and telling the story that's needed. And so there's that there's always that argument you're going to have whether right. you want to do fan service or you want to do the what's necessary. So with Solo, I think... I think I don't know. I think Lawrence Kasdan and his son are gonna do something pretty great with it. I think they might be able to do both, and also like you know, bring in something really new to the whole franchise and make. And this is a genre we haven't really discovered yet, really, with with a Star Wars movie. Because even Rogue One was still keeping in with the feel of the original movies. Like it was really still keeping that dramatic suspense, you know, action, you know, type movie. Except for the end, where it was a kind of an awesome war movie. But this is that looks like one of the first ones we're going to see where we're going to be kind of almost on our own in the Star Wars world, where we're not even going to really interact with the original story per se, you know what I mean? Or as Rogue One had to lead directly into it. So it's just it's going to be a gamble to see how this new this new movie is going to be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a gamble. I think it's a slam dunk, just like I thought Last Jedi was, but I was kind of wrong there. But I, I think... That with, with all the stories that came out early on, with people that read the solo script, and you hear reports like, this is the best Star Wars script ever. And it's like, what? <laughs> and once that report goes out, and once that hits the internet, people still weren't on board. And then you had the Lord Miller thing happen. They got removed, and then Ron Howard came in. And it seems like Ron Howard really did the trick. I mean, he was it was a perfect hire. Mm-hmm. He came in, and boom, knocked it out. Because, of course, December is owned by Star Wars now, mm-hmm. except for this year. Yeah. So you, you, see these, you see these pre-sells for the solo tickets, and this is telling Disney one, one huge thing is that, that, that a year can't sustain two Star Wars films. Yes. I think, yeah. I think it can. So, yeah, Memorial Day, if, if they plant a flag on Memorial Day and Christmas... Jeez. <laughs> They're gonna be unstoppable. They're gonna be. Yeah, it's, we're I'll, we're gonna go. We're, everyone's gonna go right. to see these new Star Wars movies that are gonna come out. Oh, we found out yesterday uh, that they're gonna do Aunt Beru movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> So David posts on Facebook, uh, Disney has just announced on May the 4th an Aunt Beru movie starring Jennifer Lawrence. And I read that and I was like, 
no. And so you read the article, and it's just it's just this really funny story about we want to know about moisture farming and cooking, and you know how you make blue milk, and you know, even even Jennifer Lawrence was really psyched. And she said, "You know, Bantha milking technique." Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to see how this how she did it. And, you know, they are they have already announced it's going to be a trilogy. It's so I read the article. I knew it was BS from the beginning, but it was just really funny to read, and then to see other people kind of saying, "I cannot believe Lucasfilm is going to do this." This is, and I'm like, "Oh my." God. Gosh, read the article. Like, just look. It's it's not it's not real. And I, I thought that was just a really fun story to. Yeah, to I don't read. joke around a lot on the Facebook page, the Star Wars stuff Facebook page, mm-hmm. but uh, people were taking it seriously and were asking, "Is this real? Is this legit?" <laughs> and then we got so many posts, and it was it was just so funny reading them because some people, of course, got the joke. Yeah, I mean, the picture had. Jennifer Lawrence on a red carpet with Aunt Beru behind her. I mean, come on, that's not gonna be up yeah, already, you know? Already, yeah. So, and, and people were just like, "Is this a joke? Is this satire? It's, it has to be satire." And, it's like, yeah. And I was just like rolling. It was so funny. <laughs> and I, I messaged him, and he was like, "Thank you for realizing it was fake." Like, of course, it's fake. <laughs> like this is this is such craziness. And um, so that was that was really funny. And I read, I heard something. And we talked about it a little bit before the podcast was that they are saying that Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War, is the Empire Strikes Back of this generation. I don't, I, for obvious reasons, because this is the third movie, and, and for me, any time a movie is compared to the Empire Strikes Back, it's always the sequel of the trilogy. How do you feel about about that? Like, how do you feel about them calling this one the Empire Strikes Back of this generation? I think it is. I 100% agree with that statement. Uh, being a Star Wars fan, I mean, you don't want, I guess, for me, I guess, it's, you, you, I mean, it's it's sacrilege to say that, you know, that oh, yeah. something equals the Empire Strikes Back. But for this generation of kids that are growing up, that grew up 10 years with Marvel films, that's essentially their Star Wars. Yeah, true. So to see what happened in that film... I don't know if you want to talk about spoilers for Infinity War. No, let's not do spoilers for Infinity War. To see to see what happened in that film, to compare it to Empire, and for it to have broken the all time record, I think is is justified. You know what's crazy though? Yeah. Because of Empire Strikes Back, that now is a is a um, movie sequels have to be compared to that. Any movie that ever comes out, the sequel always has to say. Not as good as Empire Strikes Back. So that just shows you the legacy of Star Wars, that if, after all these years, Empire Strikes Back is still kind of the uh, the standard of sequels. Like, yeah. what was it? I forget what movie it was. Uh, oh, like, the the second Star Trek movie. Uh, Rathacon. Uh, oh, no, no, I'm talking about the newer one. Like the, oh, um, Into Darkness. Into Darkness. Yeah. They're like, you know, it's like the Empire Strikes Back of this new trilogy. And then other movies like The Dark Knight was Empire Strikes Back, you know, just like the Empire Strikes Back and all this other stuff. So the fact that you have to compare your movie to Empire Strikes Back like, makes you realize that it's nothing's going to beat it. Nothing will ever beat the Empire Strikes Back, in oh, my no, opinion. Man. In my opinion, that's just how never I never say never. But for me, Infinity War was great. It was really good, but I will not compare it to just because of Age of Ultron. I'm always going to say Age of Ultron was the sequel, not Infinity War. It's not the Empire Strikes Back of the of the saga of this. It's a little different because this is not a trilogy, though. This is going to continue on and go on, and it's not episodic like the yeah. sagas. Um, so this is would be. The third of four known Avengers films, yeah. so it is still right in the middle. Yeah, okay, okay. So, uh, I mean, 
Yeah. To me, it is comparable. Well, agree to disagree, all right? When, <laughs> when, when in Rome, right? That's when you use that? No, James, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. We, and that's the great thing about Star Wars fans. We all have our own opinions. Yeah. We all have our own favorite movies. I mean, that, that that's the great thing about being a Star Wars fan. I mean, not everyone's going to agree with you. Yeah, like, I like The Last Jedi. You weren't too crazy about it. Yeah, I like about 50% of it. I'm, I'm right, you're wrong, but we still get along. I'm just kidding. No, I was going to say, but we still get along. No, no, it's just, that's the way That's the way it is. That's the, the way the fans are. It's pretty awesome. And speaking of awesome fans, David brought me uh, Diddy's Cup today from Diddy's. They, uh, they, it's a... I have one. Uh, he brought two of them, and he goes, which one do you want? And one has Lando, one has Han. And I know he really likes Lando, so they are going to keep that one. So in this cup, it has Han on the side, and it has on the top, it's uh, the Millennium Falcon is kind of the, 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 the cover for it. So he said, let's wait to open it, So because there's cards in here, right? Is that what yeah, you said? Yeah, 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 there's right, cards. So uh, let me see. We're going to open it right now. So we can, All right, you want to go first? I'll go first, yeah. All right, okay. yeah, there's two packs of trading cards. Okay. And uh, we're going to open them. Live. We're going to do it live here. We're, do, we're doing it live. All right, so I can never open these things. It looks like I got a... Oh, I got a... Do- oh, I got a dollar off of a top solo. Oh, cool. From Target. Awesome. All right. Looks like I got... Are these supposed to match? I think when you collect them all, you're, you're, you oh, okay. put them all together and make a I was big... Say, did I- oh! <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay, so we just got really excited. I'm gonna take a picture of it and post it on Instagram so y'all can see it. It's uh, it's I got Thurb Scissor Punch as uh, God, his as second a card. card. My second card was Thurb Scissor Punch. Oh my gosh, that is amazing! <laughs> All right, yeah. Open. Oh, I got another one. Right, I got another. Yeah, got another, another pack. Package. And and you got Val too, right? And I got Val. Yes, I love Tandy Newman. Yes, um, this is it. Let's get to go up on our little billboard back here behind us. Yeah, second pack. And I still get another dollar off at Target. And it looks like I got a range trooper. Ooh. Oh, an infant's nest. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I think I did pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty excited about this. All right, so let's see what. Uh, All right, I'm gonna open mine. Let's see what he has for his. I'm gonna post this on Instagram right now. All right, here's the first pack. I didn't even realize that there's coupons in here. You just threw them away. <laughs> no, no, I, this is the first time I've ever opened them. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, uh, Top, Star Wars, a dollar off. And got a Range Trooper and Infusness. Oh, so I got a duplicate of what James just opened. Man, I'm going to be really upset, though, if you got the same exact thing. But now I don't feel so special. Man. All right, if you get so a, I'm hoping for Orlando, Chewbacca. If you get a third scissor punch, I'm going to be really, really pissed All off. All right. Oh, oh. Argus Six Eyes Panics and a Mud Trooper. Oh, dude, Mud Troopers look. I haven't seen the Mud Trooper yet. Like, well, close. in the trailer, Han Solo looks like he's wearing yeah, that he helmet. Yeah, he has that mouse. Yeah, he's just like he just took it yeah. off. So, yeah. All right. And another dollar off. Tops. That target saved ten percent. On top, Star Wars Authentics. And then there's a Denny's one dollar milkshake with burger purchase. <laughs> yeah, when I went to Denny's and I got these. Um, they have a, a solo menu. Yeah. So uh, what I ordered was the um, the Blaster Fire Burger. And I, I, I mean, I just saw a burger there. It said Blaster Fire Solo. It was on the solo menu. I just ordered it. And not realizing that it has, like, ghost pepper chili sauce on it. And um, the waiter was like... Um, Are you sure you want this? Yeah, he was like that. And he, he was like, uh, have you had this before? And I said, No. And he's like, oh, it's uh, it's hot, but uh, um, it's not that hot. And I was like, okay, well, I, w- I didn't even realize that it was hot. 
and <laughs> being a Mexican American, I'm actually really not a fan a fan of hot food. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind it, but to me, when you eat hot food, it just destroys your palate, and you can't taste anything. You know, <laughs> so it's almost like there's no point. But there is a point to it when you eat certain things that are hot. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. But I like to taste my food, and when I got the burger, I was like, whatever. I mean, it's Star Wars burger, and I ate it, and it wasn't bad. Okay. It wasn't that hot at all. That's good. So yeah, I'm, definitely, if I do go back, I will get the same thing. That's pretty awesome. Did you see the? Uh, you talk about how they have a solo menu. Did you see the uh, Heathrow did the? Uh, yes, yes, I saw that, and they did report that on uh, GMA as well when Ron Howard was that's there. Awesome, yeah, that's so cool. Jakku and Tatooine <laughs> destinations, and some were canceled. Yep, some were. Oh yeah. man, that's a, that, what a yeah. time to be alive. Right? Yeah. But yeah, thank you for the cup, though. Definitely yeah, gonna, yeah, no problem. Definitely got to use this and the cover. Of course, the cover is of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, is it Falcon or Falcon? Just Either kidding. or. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a great thing about Star Wars. You can call it just about whatever. Yeah, whatever you want to yeah. call it, yeah. So, and I just found out yesterday that on the 15th, I believe, of May, there's going to be deluxe editions of these cups. Ooh. And one of them has a big Chewbacca head with the goggles on. Nice. And another one, I think, is maybe some type of, like, range trooper or something. But the one that caught my eye was Chewbacca. <laughs> you, sorry, go on. Sorry. And I think it was, um, actually, I don't want to see the price because I'm not quite sure how much it was, but... Of course, it's going to be a whole lot more than these. Just look for them. Did you see the yeah. uh, Star Wars? Uh, Chewbacca visited uh, Lucasfilm, and he, yeah. he was trying to pretend like he was like a like they're training him to to use the copy machine. He can't figure <laughs> it out. He's trying to make he like he goes to hit the button for the elevator, hits like three keys. He goes, "Well, like I don't know what I'm doing." Yeah, yeah. And then like the best part though was they're at a Starbucks. And like you see the line of the camera just pans over, and there he is, just <laughs> just Chewbacca standing yeah. in line waiting for his coffee. And I'm pretty sure it was it was him. It was like uh, what's his name? Yeah, Jonas Suetamo. Yeah, Jonas was the one who was there, and I thought that was pretty great. So uh, we have some spoilers. To, do we have anything else to add to? Uh, well, I just when you when we started talking about Chewbacca, I forgot about there was one moment in the uh, Ron Howard Stephen Colbert interview where. He was talking about that specific scene that we've all seen already where Lando is out there and he throws the DL-44 blaster to Han. He catches it and starts shooting in one fluid motion. Ron Howard said that he set up a shot where the camera moves really dynamically and catches all that. And he said when it was all over with, Jonas came over in the Chewbacca suit, gave him a fist bump. And give them a big hug right after they accomplish that scene. Oh, man. So I'm like really, really thinking this is going to be something incredible because I think they tried. I think it was the first take and they saw how really kind of complex it was and then they pulled it off the first time. That's amazing. And, God, man, that was. And then I think Ron Howard said that at that point, he's like, yeah, yeah, this is Star Wars and oh. it's going to be all good. What I like about Ron Howard is. It, you have a, a good, a really great director. His his track record shows for itself, and you have this new technology that he gets to to play with. You, What's you, your favorite Ron Howard film? My favorite Ron Howard film would probably have to be. It would probably have to be Apollo 13. That's like, mine, that's, too. That's, that's my favorite movie. because that, that's I used to watch it over and over again when I was a kid. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be an astronaut. I used to tell my dad, I want to be, be an astronaut. It's a, it's a really great story, really well-made movie. Yeah. And, and then you have a director like him... And you give him like, okay, here's here's this big budget movie. 
here are all these cameras. Uh, and like I, he did that movie, uh, I think it was called Rush a couple of years ago. Yes. The, and that was one of the first times he had said he was able to use kind of like a digital camera, like a really like high tech digital digital camera. Mm-hmm. And just all the amount of fun and the freedom he had with it. So he's one of those directors who, when he gets new stuff, he's able to really utilize it. So given this movie, it's like, man, this is going to be something really, really great. Oh, another great Ron Howard movie, uh, Frost Nixon. Have you ever seen Frost Nixon before? No, but I know it's great. It's a great movie. Yeah. That's another one that's really great. I'm sorry. Anyways, um, but so I'm, I'm anxious to see what he's going to do with it, which is why, like, when they announced it that he was going to be, you know, directing star wars it was like cool let's see what he's going to be able to do with with all of this like with all these these new toys that he gets to he gets to we're looking up ron howard right now uh (laughs) the first thing that pops up on imdb is ron howard actor arrested development (laughs) (laughs) that's all he's known for and my my dad's always impressed with ron howard how he started off you know when he was you know six or you know seven years old and now look at him he's just he's directing star wars like how amazing how amazing is that so yeah, we got his uh, his stuff here. Yeah, wasn't that movie Seven Seven Zeves was supposed to come out? I don't hmm. know when, but uh, Inferno. His uh, his Robert Langdon stuff was pretty good. I didn't see it. Heart of the Sea. Um, Rush was great. Rush was a really great movie. Angels and Demons. Huh, really the Dilemma. Fun. Yeah, he directed the Dilemma. <laughs> Frost Nixon. Cinder- Cinderella Man's another really really great movie. Yeah, and I know that's underrated. And he Beautiful won the Mind. Academy Award for Beautiful yeah. Mind. And then, he, uh, he and then, of course, The Grinch. The Grinch. <laughs> Jim Carrey, Ed TV, Ransom, Paul 13, The Paper, Far and Away. I've seen that movie so many times because they away. showed it on Showtime yeah. constantly. I've seen the... And of the, course, the, Backdraft. Yeah. Parenthood, that movie. Yeah. Have you ever seen Parenthood? I've never seen it that all is, the way through. That is a great, but I've great seen bits movie. That is an it. amazing movie. I used to see Willow a lot when I was a kid. You look like a guy who would have watched Willow. I'm just kidding. Dang. Man, calm down. Simmer down, James. You know, you know what I used to watch a lot? Splash. Splash. <laughs> I used to watch Splash. I love that. <laughs> that opening scene where the kid's looking up the women's skirts. Yep. Oh, my god. Good gosh. old John Candy was a. Amazing. Oh man, John Candy! Oh man, rest in peace, John Candy! Yeah, I love but, John yeah, Candy. But that, I think that's as far. Oh, back he did as Night Shift. Go. That's a critically acclaimed film. So he's he's done some great. He did the original Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Grand so, Theft so watch Auto. out. <laughs> this video game you play was all done by uh, wow. Ron Howard. But yeah, he's done some just incredible. Incredible movies. Yeah, and, and of course he was Opie on the Andy Griffith yes. show. He he was so young when he started off in that show. Yeah, and he now, was like six. Now look at him. He's directing Star Wars. He has two Oscars. Like he's critically acclaimed director. I don't. Is he like the most successful director that has done a Star, uh, Star Wars movie? I mean, minus George Lucas, who did the first one. But now with like the newer stuff, like even J.J. Abrams is pretty I great. Get, uh, but yeah, when it comes to like the, the most established, yeah, yeah most because established. it was Lucas first, and Irvin Kershner, then Richard Marquand, mm-hmm. and then Lucas, 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 and then, and Abrams, then and Johnson. Abrams, and then Gareth Edwards. Oh yeah, Gareth and Edwards. Then Johnson. So out of all of them, the one that's the most established would be Ron Howard, right? With, with yeah. his, because yeah. he's an Oscar-winning yeah. director. Yeah. And the thought was that Lucasfilm, with these new movies, were going to go with the new up-and-coming filmmakers. Yeah. But it seems like every time they've attempted that, there's been like, mm-hmm. like, cri- like. But yeah, like I said creative it before, differences. When it came time to figure out who was going to replace, you know, Lord Miller, in the back of my mind, I thought she's got to go with someone that she absolutely knows for sure will come yeah. in. And do an awesome job, and Ron Howard was the, the the best choice you could have you could have made, and so here she goes. Yeah, yeah. So I know we have some spoilers, so I'm gonna hit the alarm now 
Do you want to do you want to do this today or? Well, before we talk about this, <laughs> these are like epically huge, potentially spoilers about Earth, episode nine, and Earth it's gonna sh- it's gonna shock the, the the you know what out of James because oh, he hasn't even heard. I them. haven't heard any of these, and the, all this stuff originated on the internet this past week, and. It's yeah, it's pretty shocking, and I'm not even sure if James wants to hear this stuff because because I, I, we've talked about spoilers for Solo, and we're gonna get the confirmation here in what less than three weeks. Yep. So, but these are like big, huge plot point type spoilers. So, do you still want to hear them? See, we haven't had the listeners come back and and tell us anything about spoilers. Our email address is out there. I mean, give us feedback. Yeah. Tell us if you like this segment or tell us if you just simply shut the podcast off because there's a lot of stuff flying around. And, of course, it might just be rumors, but, of course, it might be the actual film. <laughs> let's, uh, let's do it. Okay. Let's do All this. Right, here we go. Huge spoilers. Episode 9. Hold on. Let me turn the alarm on. Here we so, go. Here we, here go. we go. So, actually, you know what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, you know, I don't feel. I don't feel good. No, I'm kidding. Let's see what we get. So, this is basically the episode nine story that's being reported. Okay, before we go on any further, we are absolutely sure this is legit. Is that correct? Like, we are 100 percent sure that this is. Well, legit. I'm absolutely 100 percent sure this is a rumor. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it because multiple outlets reported it, and I think it originated. On a site, and it's, I don't know if this came from someone at Lucasfilm, or what, or if someone made this up, or, I mean, it's kind of wild, but it kind of makes sense, and it seems like the person that reported it does have credibility in the past from reporting stuff, so. All right, let's do it. So, I don't have any notes in front of me, I'm just going off of what (laughs) I heard, so it's going to be kind of paraphrasing what I heard. So... It seems like one of our predictions was right, and how many years it takes place after the Last Jedi. It's five years after okay. the Last Jedi. Boom. That's in, the your, rumor. In, in your face, <laughs> in your face. So that that time period is enough time for certain things mm-hmm. to happen in a person's life. So keep that in mind. Okay. So the story starts off where all the star systems. Know about the battle. I, I guess Luke accomplished what he wanted to accomplish with his diversion. Awesome. But the thing about this report is they mention Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, as not being deceased. She's still around. Hmm. So there's no General Organa perished in the opening crawl or any past tense reference of Leia. It's like she's still there. Okay. But it's possible that she just might not be in the film. So it goes on to say that Ray establishes a makeshift kind of Jedi Academy. And there are other Force users and Force sensitives that come out of the woodwork, just like Broom Boy, mm-hmm. and <laughs> find Daisy Ridley, or find Ray. Ray, get the name right. I'm just, kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. They find Ray Skywalker, and... Whoa, whoa, <laughs> what the hell, man? No, 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 so, so that... No, so <laughs> you gave me a heart attack. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. So, no, no, it's not Ray Skywalker, I was, I was just playing. You suck. So, 
<laughs> so yeah, they do keep the parentage the same. It's the junk dealers or whatever. So, which is important for the story because the next stuff I tell you, it's it's gonna be. It would be weird if she was a Ray Skywalker or a Skywalker lineage. So, she trains more Jedi, and I guess uh, several the several in the several years that go up until we hit the film five years later. So there is a makeshift Jedi army okay. type of setup. So it doesn't say in the report that they go up against the Knights of Ren, but it's almost kind of alluded like, to and like a no-brainer yeah. type of big war on the battlefield, Jedi versus Knights of Ren, which we all want to see Jedi versus Sith, but I guess this is the next best thing. Yeah. So Kylo... Uh, I'm trying to remember Kylo Ren's position here in in the story. He is man. I, I'm thinking. I'm not really remembering exactly <laughs> what was said about him, but I mean, he's still there. He's. I guess they never said that he's the supreme leader, but essentially he is. Yeah, because yeah. And it seems like other star systems don't look to him as like a very evil guy. Mm. So it's kind of like there's a real gray area with people's stances in regards to the First Order and people thinking that the First Order might be the better option for the galaxy. So you have that aspect of the story playing out. But there is an Empire Strikes Back type of reveal. Oh, boy. And Wait, a, do you know what it is? Yes. We do. Oh, I'm about to say it. All right. So it, this is a huge reveal. So this is a huge spoiler, if it's true. You know, I'm going to put the alarm on one more time. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. So here we go. Here we okay. go. Okay. So, Ray has a kid. Like, in the five years... Right, and this kid is super important, and the father of this child... If you say Kylo Ren, is it Ben Solo? It's Ben Solo. What? What? How does that even happen? So they still have the whole, like, Force Bridge, the whole Force Apple FaceTime thing going. No, no, no. So I'm guessing it happens that way. Because they did touch hands. They were able to touch hands. Watch out. So they can't have physical contact via the Force. But why would that happen? You know? Because they're they're digging each other, man. (laughs) That's, That's... Ray still feels like he can turn to the light side. So she uses. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. This is this is terrible, man. Well, that's a report. I mean, uh, it could be totally false. It should be false. I don't know, but because that's a bad that's a bad plat, but plot. But see, here's point. the thing: Kylo Ren doesn't know it's his kid. He doesn't find out till later. But and that super enrages him. So he goes like Hulk rage <laughs> over over yeah over something, the new Jedi we, Academy something we haven't seen yeah I'm just kidding I'm just kidding well <laughs> just kidding I'm just kidding all right I would really like to see Kylo Ren unleashed man I don't like this I don't okay keep going keep going keep going keep going so that that's really the gist of it um, and then of course they have the huge battle Ren Knights of Ren versus the, the new, new Jedi the new Jedi's and um, man I. If 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 that's the story, if Kylo Ren is this father of Rey's kid, yeah. that's just really disappointing for See, me. See, going into the Last Jedi, 
I wasn't, I mean, I was on the fence about maybe finding about spoilers. And I made it just about all the way up into the release of the film. And I saw someone post something on Facebook that alluded to a relationship between Ray and Kylo. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I just spoiled myself right before the film. And I was like, okay, they're getting together. So I'm watching the film thinking they're going to get together. And it never happened. Yeah. So there's a huge underground movement for Raylo, you know. No, I want. There is. There, it is out there. I want Ray Poe, is what I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's what not I want. Raylo. You had to make I, that t shirt. Yeah, not Raylo, and then on the back, Ray Poe. Like, that. I want the Ray Poe story. Right. I want that love story. Yeah. I don't want none of this. We had a baby. You didn't know, even though you had to have known because we are connected. You had to know that this was your kid as well. And no, I. This better be fake. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That's my yeah. opinion. And, of course, um, I know the report was uh, the, the person or the source that this originated from did report on The Last Jedi, which I never saw. But there were story elements that changed later on. But we knew about the changes. So that guy's initial or the guy or girl, I don't know, their first initial report was 100% factual. But, of course, it wasn't the story that we ended up with. But we knew that those first draft elements that were reported on did happen. Do you think JJ's just, you know, trolling everybody again? He's gonna that, get, is a, that is a very, very, possible. yeah, that is highly probable. Yeah, I could see him doing that. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, if just like how we talked about it earlier, Infinity War, they had a bunch of fake scripts floating around. Yeah. And they they didn't even give them to their actors. I heard Tom Holland didn't know what, what was going on. Yeah, he Tom always, Holland's he always spoiled stuff. everything. It's like, oh, God, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Did you see that video where he opened up a letter that was confidential from Marvel and he starts reading it on Instagram? No. Yeah, and it said confidential rule big. <laughs> it seemed like a skit. <laughs> At first, I was like, man, this is just a skit. He's just making fun of himself. But after the video was done, it seemed genuine. Oh, yeah. So so I'm thinking I'm thinking Abrams is messing with us and he's playing this plot. Point. Yeah, yeah, that's possible because I'm not going to buy the fact that Kyler Ren and Ray have a child. Well, if you really think about no, it, no, don't even. I'm not even going to think it's going to be that, that whole, would be super interesting. It's going to be that whole Shmi Skywalker thing where and she's then like, I another you. big kind of consequence from that. There's another Skywalker. So if you have another Skywalker. The source also alluded to Lucasfilm doing a kind of a kind of like a head fake and saying episode nine ain't it. Yeah. We got episode ten coming. Because now we're gonna have the, the child. Right. Which okay would work. Right. But I would want it to work in a way that it wasn't like Kyler Ridd going, I have a kid? How did that even happen? Right. Whereas with Vader, it made sense. With Vader, because they, they hid the fact that, you know, even when Padme was buried, they made her look like she was still pregnant, you know, like that whole thing. Um, but with this, I, I can't buy the fact that Kylo Ren would not know that he had a child somewhere. Or yeah. who knows, maybe uh, maybe maybe Poe's going to be like a long-lost uh, Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on the, man, I love Oscar Isaac. And so for me, it's like he needs to be more important in the next. Even though he was really important in last Jedi, he, I think his his story with with Ray would be really really cool to see in Episode Nine. Yeah. But yeah, those so those were that, that that broke this week, and I remember you telling you didn't tell me until just now. Uh, but that was just a big story this week, whether or not the, the that's true or yeah, not. Yeah, whether, whether or not it's true or not, we'll see. 
But, and of course, we might not even get that in the film, but it might come out later that yeah, that was like one of the first one drafts, of the first drafts yeah. of the movie. So, so. all right. But see, it seems like everyone knows about this now. It's yeah. everywhere. I mean, it's literally everyone that wants to know spoilers knows this already. Yeah, which is why I think Abrams orchestrated all of this. That would be such a Jedi move on Abrams. And part Abrams is like, did that. he's, he's just, just laughing. Yep. Listen to these fools on Star Wars stuff podcast talking would, about I, this. I would laugh so hard if he just released a picture. Of like it's just him, and it just says "got you," and like that's it. And everybody's like, "Oh, you suck," you know. And yeah. then like his, he has it. I'm, I'm telling you, man, he's a genius. He's a genius when it comes to promoting stuff and for like hiding stuff. Which is why when it when it broke, when this script got leaked, I was like, Abrams is like probably the most secretive director out there, besides maybe Christopher Nolan. You know, they they're they're not going to let anything out. Ever. I think one level up from what Kevin Feige is would be a person that's. Kind of in the know with the social status of information on Star Wars. If you could have someone at the head of Lucasfilm dropping fake news like this and just throwing out rumors and yep. like the casting stuff and like making us go for like a huge turn of, and just not even like knowing what the story is going so far out and then we get the film and it's something totally, I mean, that would be. They should have a whole department of Lucasfilm concentrated on that. Well, honestly, fake, fake stories, yes. <laughs> leaking stuff. They, yes. they probably do, man. Pablo's probably like doing know. all of that, man. I'm like just I said saying. before, I'm not sure if Lucasfilm is that cool to do that. Nah. Which is why if Lucasfilm, if you're listening to this, yeah, you can hire us. Hire to do us. It. We will we'll write we'll, all kinds yeah, of stuff. Man, we'll write the greatest <laughs> stuff that doesn't exist. You know, like we'll we'll, we'll write the greatest false non fan fiction stuff. And it'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. seriously, Lucasfilm, if you if you, you just 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 email us, we'll 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 work for you. you yeah, yeah. You don't have to do pay something. us that much. We will we'll, we'll go. We'll do it. I mean, I'm just kidding. But um, all right, anything else for today, or was that? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. I, I don't think we know anything new from yeah, from, from Solo. Yeah, yeah. I think we all have our kind of predictions and possibilities yep. for Solo. I think Jabba the Hutt's going to end up in the film. It'll probably be in the very last scene of Solo, where he's going to do whatever. He's going to become a bounty hunter, essentially, yeah. or a smuggler. Smuggler, yeah. And load up the spice on the Falcon and take there it. There we go, yeah. And I, I'm pretty Cause, sure cause Boba he, Fett's going to be in there. Because even Hot Solo gets boarded sometimes. Yeah. Do, do you think he has a choice? <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, but uh, thank y'all for joining us on this. You know, our our Revenge of the Fifth podcast was it May yeah, the Fourth Comic Book Day, yeah, Cinco de Mayo, Cinco de Mayo. So yeah, yeah it was great. It's going to be a great day, and uh, for all you Star Wars fans out there, y'all are awesome. And uh, thank you for listening, and tune in next week. Yeah, and, definitely. And uh, may the Force be with you. Always. Always.